The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives a feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes, got her wings on too. You know I never seen a better stew. Oh, Betty and the Jets. Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the flight attendants and the pilots and from traveling around the world. This episode, I flew with a girl. Uh, She used to work for Pan Am, and she told me some of the best stories I have heard in a long, long time. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. And I'm doing something slightly different with the music. Uh, I thought I'd try like a laugh track (laughs) with some of my favorite people laughing. A couple of my favorite flight attendants who uh, I've recorded their laughs before, and then some actors. I was listening to Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and he was interviewing Nick Offerman, his wife. And you know what? I just, every time he laughed, I thought I would love to hang out with him just because his laugh makes me laugh. So uh, we have some clips. He was uh, Ron Swanson and Parks and Recreation. So we have him laughing, Maria Menounos, Fran Drescher, Faith Saley, and then two of my favorite flight attendants. So let's get on with the show. (laughs) This is Pan Am 2. German Perserette says to one of the flight attendants, she says, you will not be doing the second service. I have a job for you. She said, okay. And so she takes this bag full of, uh, they were going to the Haram, you know, no alcohol. She had a big bag with uh, oranges. Okay. And she said, you will take this syringe. <laughs> take what? Syringe. Oh, yeah. syringe. And she had a bottle of vodka. She said, and you will inject <laughs> these oranges. <laughs> and I'm used to do anything to get alcohol. I have another one about India. It was the same thing. You couldn't bring alcohol. Anyway, oh, so, so you, you will can't sit. Bring in alcohol. Right. So this is how she's going to bring in the alcohol inside the oranges. She's smuggling. So it. she's exactly. So she's sitting there, <laughs> doing the second service that they're doing, injecting all these oranges with <laughs> vodka. With vodka. She flies. Uh, anyway, so she's injecting all these oranges. When the purser comes in, the German girl. She looks and she said, my God, they look like grapefruits now. They're completely stretched because they're so full of vodka. But she goes like, oh, wow. Anyway, so uh, when they get to the hotel. smart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people try all kinds of things. I have some others to tell. Anyway, so 
they have to prepare our stuff soon. Anyway, uh, the the hotel. You can go to the pool. This is time for ladies, and this is time for oh. men. Oh. So the yeah, you cannot be, be in the pool at the same time. So the pilots went at one time, and so they're, they're in the pool, and they're slicing the oranges, and they're giggling and laughing and having a wonderful yeah, people, they feel like they people, got it over. Yeah, yeah, people are going, and then they give the other half to the pilots, so they did the same thing. They're always having a wonderful time enjoying these oranges. <laughs> in India, we couldn't bring. So do you remember that little tomato juice that oh. had the little sticker thing? Yes, yeah, that you pull off instead of so a So they like will remove. The, the tomato juice from inside and they will put alcohol in it and put the little sticker back on and then they will go and they see oh you have tomato juice they will never thought of opening it up and drinking it because they would have been <laughs> very surprised <laughs> <laughs> this came from captain david he said after my first officer landed the aircraft uh, slightly firmly a flight attendant called the landing a one binner she said it's a landing that makes one overhead bin pop open. To which I said that I, their captain, would not be outdone. And that I was shooting for a three or four binner in Omaha. <laughs> I like that. A one binner. <laughs> okay. So it's Pan Am. It's Pan Am, and they're, we were flying to Sydney. And, um, I didn't even realize this, Pan Am flew to Sydney. Oh, we, we, we had the, the, the West Coast, yeah. Yeah, we did. Anyway, so uh, they rent a, a pilot and two flight attendants. They rent this uh, Volkswagen, and they go to the parks, you know, yeah. where there's a kangaroo, the, the kangaroos they wanted to see. So they go up there, and they're driving around, and accidentally... They run all sudden. They were following this kangaroo, yeah. and he crossed over, and they they, they hit him. him. They hit. Him. They didn't run him over, but they hit him. So they get off the the, the Volkswagen, and they're looking at it, and he looks. He's dead. So they say, "Well, what do we do now?" So they had no better thing to do than prop him up against the car. He took his jacket off, put it on the kangaroo, the kangaroo? and then they all lean on the car, hugging the kangaroo. And take picture, take turns taking pictures. So were they were in their uniform? No, 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 yeah, no. Okay. He has no, he, not not his uniform okay. jacket. He yes. has his jacket. Regular jacket. It might have been a, a yes. windbreaker or whatever. Right. So, all of a sudden, this kangaroo wakes up. He <laughs> wasn't dead. He was just done, and takes off with his jacket with his passport inside the inside pocket. So now they get in the car. Now they're trying to run him over. Now they want to run him over because he needs to have his passport so he can leave the next day. So, so no, they couldn't catch him. Well, you so of course you can't catch he a has, kangaroo. He, ha he had no passport. So he <laughs> and how do you explain that? Oh, well, I, I had a kangaroo. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> the kangaroo was wearing my jacket. Exactly. It's, that was... Incredible when I heard that one. I was wondering, like, what the kangaroo must have thought when he came to. He's wearing a jacket and has and have legal documents on him too. He had a passport. It was so much fun talking to this beautiful Pan Am flight attendant, and uh, we were saying we were laughing after she told that kangaroo story that uh, probably for days later, in the park. You know, there'd be tourists going, 
look at that kangaroo. He's wearing a jacket. <laughs> so I'm taking Dutch classes to bring up my Dutch and right. get requalified. Okay. And my teacher says, tell me in Dutch. The captain says, we're ready for takeoff. Fasten your seatbelts. I say something. He turns beet red. Very embarrassed at what I said. He's laughing his head off. So you got to tell me what I said. He says, well, you just told us that we are ready to ejaculate. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> you know, you don't hear that PA very often. <laughs> Yes, when I when I first started flying, so I got I got the job. I passed for the interview and everything else, and we were on training for like seven weeks. And after that, I received my uniform and everything, and I took to the dry cleaner, right? So they, you always look so pressed. Uh, thank you. Look you. Really nice. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. But the dry cleaner, I never took it off from the little plastic from yes, above. Yes. So and then I took it off exactly on the day that I have to start flying, and I noticed that. Something was going, it was wrong because the shirts are so small. The, the pants, it was actually, it was the wrong uniform. They, and I discovered like five or six hours prior my trip, it was in the middle of the night because my, my sign in was six o'clock in the morning and I probably discovered like one o'clock in the morning. I was so excited, you know, it was like, I went wearing that. So I took a cab to the airport. <laughs> Because if I if I haven't done that, you know, they'll, they'll probably I've got dismissed or fired, you know. And my so very first, new, yeah, it was my very first trip, and I couldn't. Yes. 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 They give me a United Mainline, and it was United <laughs> Express. You know, I took it to the dry cleaner, you know, to make it everything so ready. But anyways, the pants are short. It was like this. I was I was walking there, but people were like looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> my shirts are so. I mean, it was, you my, my you look so yes. You know, and the funniest thing is, when I got in, the plane was coming in from somewhere, and the guy who was supposed to do my my OV check, he was like, the plane was delayed a little bit, and he was such in a hurry and just like, let's get on board. I never have a chance to talk to him right away. To yeah, yes, yes. When you're on board, you know, during the flight, and it was like. I need to talk to you because he was like a non-stop, you know, yeah. never give me the opportunity to explain myself. And I was like, I need to talk to you. This is actually not really my uniform. Here is the receipt for the dry cleaner. <laughs> and he's like, he called the other flight attendant. They start laughing and they're like, I noticed something was wrong with you. <laughs> but I don't want to tell. <laughs> short pants, short <laughs> You couldn't get a hold of the dry cleaner? No, it was one o'clock in the morning and I probably left like five messages saying that today is my first first day at this job. <laughs> I don't know what to do exactly. The Incredible Hulk. Because <laughs> you know how he has the, the like short clothes and, and the shorts, the short pants and the short shorts. <laughs> I get to my hotel room in Madrid and... Um, it's late, you know, it's probably four or five o'clock in the morning, my time, can't wait to go to sleep. It's always, you're so happy to get the uniform off, can't wait to get cozy, and, you know, stretch out. And um, when I was in training, they used to tell us to check under the bed and behind the curtain and the adjoining door, you know, to make, check your room to see if it's safe. And I, 
and check under the bed. I, over the years, I've gotten out of the habit of checking under the bed because most of the hotels have like that sort of box under the bed, so you really can't get under the bed. Um, so, but I do still have those habits because they were ingrained in me early on in my career. So, I opened the adjoining room door, and I just was going to check the other door to make sure it's locked, and the door opened. And I was like, "Crap! Shoot!" Someone get no, ooh, ooh, uh, and then I was kind of like, ooh, ooh, like, you know, I'm opening somebody else's a door into somebody else's room. You could see all kind of stuff. So I hurried up and shut the door and thought, whoa. So I called down to the front desk and, you know, I don't speak fluent Spanish, but I explained, you know, that the door in my room to the other room wasn't locked. And they said, oh, uh, Madame, we'll send someone up. And I'm like, great. So uh, I'm waiting and waiting, like 20 minutes goes by and I want to go to sleep, but, you know, it's basically like having your door open. But then I'm rationalizing with myself. Well, it's just one person. And what are the chances that they're going to check the door? You know, um, I could put a chair in front of the door. So I tried that, but, you know, the chair would just move when they opened the door. So I was like, hmm. So I waited like to 25 minutes, but, you know, I really want to go to bed. Um, and so I called down again and I'm like, hello, you know, the 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 door to the adjoining room and my room is unlocked and they're like we'll send someone up I'm like okay so now 15 minutes another 15 minutes goes by so you know like now we're closing in on like an hour of this and I'm getting so tired and part of me is thinking well maybe you should just go to bed um but you know I'm just not that comfortable going to bed knowing someone could just walk in my room <laughs> so then I thought all right well hmm I'll open that door and you know if you know, I only opened it a little bit and saw that it opened and shut it, you know, and I thought, well, if nobody's staying in that room, you know, if it's empty, then I don't have to worry and I can go to sleep, right? So, you know, this is a little risky because, you know, you could be walking in on anything, you know. But, you know, I really slowly open the door and the lights aren't on. So I'm thinking, okay, but they could be asleep in there. You know, it's it's early in the morning, their time, um, but the lights weren't on. I open it a little further and there's luggage. I'm thinking, crap, there's somebody in there. Ooh. But, you know, you can sort of get a sense of human beings or, or or any sorts of animal life. You know, if there was a dog in there, I probably could have sensed it too. But I was sensing there was nobody in there. So I opened it a little bit further and I, I did see like women's shoes. Okay, so, but it didn't seem like there was anybody in there. So I shut the door, you know, I don't want to get into anybody else's stuff or anything. Uh, but I felt a little better that it was a woman. And then I was sitting there thinking, you know, I have a lot of time sitting there waiting for a guy to come up to lock the door. I was thinking, well, I don't have to worry about, you know, somebody coming in and raping me. Um, it's a girl, so that's a better odds. And uh, But that, she could still be a thief. <laughs> so I would prefer to have the the door locked, but I felt better that it was a woman. I called down again, and I'm like, hi, you know, same thing. And they said, oh, we'll send somebody up. And I was starting to wonder if they were ever going to send someone up. Or maybe they're really busy. I don't know. Uh, and, you know, it's also in the morning their time. So they're not sensing a great urgency that I need to go to bed. So while I was waiting, I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, I could go in that room, move everything around, <laughs> freak that girl out. <laughs> then I was thinking, or I, I could I could put a note like, uh, you really should have cleaner underwear. <laughs> And she'd be like, oh, my God, who wrote this note? And then I was thinking, oh, I could be a, the source of a ghost story, you know, because 
I could go in there and just move like one random thing. I could take her toothbrush and put it in her shoe. <laughs> and she'd be thinking, oh my God, I heard some strange noises. And then there was, my toothbrush was in my shoe. <laughs> well, eventually the guy came, locked the door, I went to bed. And I didn't do anything, you know, because that would be just a little mean-spirited, I think. in the last area there was a closet that was they had a little wall this high and a curtain so above if you push this panel it will flip open and it was the tail of the airplane and people will go take pillows and blankets and go to sleep and you get up there when you open it up it's all that silver lining that they have and you see all the cables and stuff they will put a foot on this thing and then and, and, and there was a water fountain here and three laboratories, the other foot in the water fountain, and then they were. <laughs> yeah, because it's only this high. So if you have one and two, you're up there in no time at all. A DC nine. Okay. So you know how the doors aren't accordion; they're just one door. Right. And so the lab was locked out. Yeah. We're on the ground, and it's just the pilots and the flight attendants. And there was a flight attendant in there, but a mechanic came on board and thought the lab had a problem so he was going to fix it so i didn't know a flight attendant but he unlocks the opens the door the flight attendant screams and she's on the potty she she tries to stand up and pull her pants up as she does that her head comes forward and he slams the door shut oh he hit her in the head, head <laughs> knocks her back well, you know that's a dramatic uh yeah yeah, yeah it's not that time in the yeah. lab <laughs> Hey, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, you would really make my day. It would be so, so kind of you. If you would go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, click through the Amazon link. It doesn't cost you anymore. It supports the show. And I thank you so, so much. I like to see what people buy. And uh, this past month, somebody bought a New South Wales State and Suburban map. Somebody bought a bunch of cafeteria trays although I'm not quite sure why, and a collapsible plastic laundry basket. So if you're going to buy something, think about going through my website. Uh, it supports the show, and thank you so, so much. <laughs> ben M had a flight that went from New York to Buenos Aires, and, uh, and then Miami had a flight that went Miami, Buenos Aires, and then the passengers would transfer, and one of those 747s would go to Santiago, Chile. Okay. And then come back, and then they will split again. Anyway, when they open the, com the cargo door, there's a container with a dog, and the yeah. dog is dead. So, you know, they, that fly was going to go to, the dog was going to go to Santiago. So what they did is they took the dog out, and you know, in the airport, they always have those dogs that eat the food left over from catering. So they took the you mean dog. like a stray dog. Yes. So the, it was a black dog, more or less the same size, medium size, and they put it on the container. And there, when the flight went to Santiago, when in Santiago the agent comes, you know, they don't come with a suitcase. They bring them in that little car. So the lady looks at the dog and she said, "This is not my dog." She says, "Yes, man. This is the tag number. This is this is your dog." He said, "No." That's not my dog. Yes, that probably right, right. That she's crazy. Right. You know, the tag, the container, everything matches. And she says, no, my dog was dead. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, 
says, what do you mean your dog was dead? He said, yes, he was very old. He died yesterday morning. And because you have to have a 24 hour uh, slip. So he died that morning. I, I had it for so long. I wanted to bury him in my yard. So I put him on the blanket and I put him on the flag. And they thought he was asleep. So she took the dog home. She adopted oh, she the, She oh. adopted the live dog. So it's a good story. It's like a miracle. Like yes. the dead dog arrived alive. Yeah. <laughs> the, that dog benefited from the death of the other one. <laughs> yeah, because he was like a homeless dog. Yes, he was. <laughs> before that I'm in an ongoing battle with uh, fatigue. <laughs> I'm always looking for the magic cure because um, I get into Europe, I sleep for a couple hours, I get up and uh, I usually try to have some coffee, try to play some funky music, have a dance party uh, to get um, basically to fight the haze of lethargy <laughs> that not getting enough sleep gives me. And uh, I just found a secret weapon in my hotel room, in my bathroom. <laughs> you see, because I people will say, oh, how do you fight jet lag? Well, it's not jet lag, because if, if you stay home and only get three or four hours sleep, you'll be tired too. So, you know, just looking for um, a way to perk myself up. Well, you know, it's an ancient philosophy, technology, whatever. You know, you the... the Polar bear plunges and the ice baths. It's actually a, a trend at the moment. Uh, they, the celebrities, and uh, there's actually one near me. There's these, there these stores popping up all over the place. It's kind of like the new tanning salon. Um, it, they're, they're cryotherapy, which is you kind of get into this freezer and they go down to like some ridiculously cold temperature for two minutes and you're supposed to burn all these calories and you're supposed to recover better and you're supposed to have a euphoric feeling. And so I've been listening to people talk about this on the radio and I was kind of like, oh, I want to go. I want, I want that. I want, I want. The one guy was like, it's like being on ecstasy for like six hours and it's two minutes of unpleasantness. And I was like, oh, I might want to try. So I get on the computer, you know, do some research. And uh, a lot of people do it. The celebrities go like every day, even though it's like $65 for two minutes, but you get like, you know, your first one is like $25. You know, they want to get you hooked. I have read that, you know, people are in there screaming because it's so cold. <laughs> I was still interested, you know, it's kind of like, hmm, hmm. And I uh, did some more research and, uh, one lady died in Arizona. Now, granted, she worked at the place and she went in after hours. So there was nobody um, supervising because she, she's the one that normally supervises and she must have passed out or something. And they found her frozen the next day. And that's horrifying. And then I read some other things where, like, um, they give you booties to put on your feet so you don't get frostbite. And um, uh, somebody's booties were wet and they got frostbite. And, uh, you know, it seems slightly dangerous. Now, granted, those are isolated incidents. And you, if, if you really trusted in the place, but, you know, I'm just not kind of wi willing to, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go that big. <laughs> I thought I'd stick first with my shower. I thought I'll take a cold shower, like an ice cold shower for two minutes, it's supposed to be two minutes. Uh, they say that the first minute is, um, uh, unpleasant, 
But then the second minute, your metabolism kicks in, and it's not as cold, and then you actually wake up, and you're in a better mood. So I was like, all right, all right, that sounds like um, then take that long. It's free, right? So <laughs> the first few times I tried it, it was like, Whoa, oh, ah, ah! <laughs> and I got out within like 10 seconds. <laughs> and I'm like, well, maybe I don't have it in me, you know? Maybe I'm not a warrior. You know, I just don't. I can't do it. But then I was in Madrid, and that's the hotel I like because they have a free spa that we can go in, and they have a bunch of hot tubs and um, saunas and stuff. But there's the ice bath, and I've never got in it because I put my foot in and went like, oh, no, no, oh, no, Whoa. <laughs> But this time, since I've been, I had been contemplating this cryotherapy and hearing people saying how great it is, I'm thinking, all right, well, this is free. And there's a clock right here and it has a second hand on it and I am going to get in there and I am going to stay in there. I'm going I'm to stay in there for two minutes. So the first minute I was literally like, can't do it. Can't do it. My brain was going, no, 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 no. <laughs> but sure enough, just like they said on the radio, by the second minute, I was like, oh, that's okay. I could do this. No problem. I do, stayed in there for the two minutes. I got out and I felt fantastic. It really does wake you up. It it, it, it makes you feel good. Um, so now I've been taken, because once I realized, that's a lot of things in life. You know, you have to realize you can do it to keep doing it. So since I was able to do the bath for two minutes, I thought, well, I can, you know, my shower isn't going to be as cold as the ice bath. So I'll try the, um, I could do the shower. I could do it. So now I get in there and like for the first, you know, I, I'm just counting. And like for the first 10, 20 seconds, I'm like, blah, and then by the time I get to 120, I'm like, 119, 120. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> it's like a mini polar plunge, like a, a, a polar plunge light. It works. You should try it. <laughs> okay, so you're flying with someone, uh, was he? He's, uh, he's fly uh, Portuguese speaker, speaker all the yes. time, and he was so afraid because he was a, a final, he got a trip and he was the A line. Right. You know, someone. Yes, she was in charge, and finally, so, uh, and anything happened. What he was afraid for this yeah. lady on the back. She wasn't feeling well. She passed out, and then he has to, he has to call the captain, and right. he was so nervous. You know, it's like captain. She do you have this lady back there, and she passed away. But don't worry, we fully trained it. <laughs> don't <laughs> was, worry, it's yeah, fine. He was trying to say she passed, passed out. out. He yeah. said she passed away. He passed away, and the captain confirmed she passed away. He's like, yeah, she passed away, but don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> the captain confirmed. Yeah. Because I love the, the Pan Am story. We have the upper deck. So we had the upper deck, and we had some princes with their long gowns and everything, you know, muslin. And uh, there was a man on the last row that was talking to a lady. There were like three, three, four roads only, and he was so loud. You know, I could hear him all the way from the galley. I'm working up there. So the prince asked me if he could, if I could ask the man to lower his voice. Of course, he's a dome up there, so everything bounces back. So I went up there. And I said, sir, would it be possible if you could just lower your voice a little bit because the people are sleeping, you know, you're trying to smooth it out. And he goes, these you Muslims, he started screaming and insulting. This man was fine until I said, 
It wouldn't be possible. <laughs> as delicate as I could put it, not saying, not saying, you're too loud, shut up. No. <laughs> and, you know, and then he started going, so, you know, and then he, the prince, wants his bodyguards to come upstairs from my economy. Oh, it was a mess. It's like they're fighting. We're coming from Rio, and we almost have to land in Belém <laughs> just oh to gosh. get these people off, but we've... We, we sorted out. I mean, we swapped the prince to downstairs, and some other passenger came upstairs, and he was. There's a kind of famous story about the uh, real swishy gay guy and the princess from Africa, and he was she was being very demanding, and she said, "In my country, I'm a princess," and he said, "Well, in my country, I'm queen." <laughs> So passenger is upset because during boarding he can't um, stow his luggage above his compartment, right. just around yes. or above his, his seat. own personal, yes. And so the flight attendant goes to help him. I said, "Well, let me see your boarding pass." Show the boarding pass. I said, "Well, see, you don't have a reservation for your <laughs> compartment." He says, "Next time you call reservation, ask them for specific <laughs> compartments." He was very like, "Oh, okay, I'll do that." So I'm on the cart, and this female passenger tells me what I know is not what she says, but I hear. You have cute nipples. <laughs> and I'm like, well, thank you very much. And I'm trying to think, and I'm trying to think, and she meant I have cute dimples. Oh, yes. But nobody's ever commented on my dimples or my nipples. <laughs> so I was in Amsterdam on a particularly unpleasant day. It's rainy and cold and, you know, just not the best weather. And, uh, I was taking the shuttle into town from the hotel, and I was the only one in the shuttle because people were um, staying in, I guess, because it was such a ugly day. And I always chat with the drivers there, and uh, I said to him, "Oh, um, you might not like, the, you know, the rainy days, you know, for driving." And he goes, "Oh, I love rainy days." And I said, "Oh, really? Is that because you have less?" passengers or is there less traffic because of the rain he goes no it's those damn bikers those bikes you know Amsterdam is known if just there were millions of people on bicycles and he said those bikers they're like mosquitoes and the rain kills them <laughs> I was like oh well guess he has some strong feelings about people on bicycles <laughs> She's working on the right side. There's a French girl working on the left side. And you know, the first row, they yes. have the biggest people, so that table doesn't flip out. Right. So Anna's serving this side, and the, he, she hears the other side that the lady says that he can't eat. The table is broken. So the French girl, you know how the French are, the tailor, like it is, she said, it's not broken, he's too fat. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with the dishes. Did I hear that or did I imagine that I heard that? Did she actually say something else and it sounded like she said that he was too fat? Well, that didn't go well. No. The lady was very upset, wanted to talk to the person. The person said she will talk to her after the meal service. So after the meal service, she talks to her. She goes to the back alley and says to the French girl, you need to go and apologize. Yeah. I'm not going into the office on my day off to excuse you. You have to go to a place. But it's not my fault that he's too fat. <laughs> and she was very adamant about not going. She said, well, you have to. 
So she goes there. And that's when we used to have a rest yeah, right, yes, beneath, yes, right yes, in front yes, of yes. those seats with a curtain. So my friend, she says, okay, I have to hear this. Yes. So she goes and she starts fluffing up the pillows, <laughs> preparing so for cruises. She could eardrop and see what she going to say. So she went there and she said very meekly, she said, Sir, I am so sorry you're too fat. <laughs> People will actually say something like that. <laughs> so this flight attendant was telling me that uh, she was working a trip where there was um, there wasn't a lot of overhead bin space for the luggage, and you know we make those PAs over and over again about put your rollerboards in, wheels or handles first, this way you can fit more bags in the overhead bins, and inevitably the people put their bags in the other way. So she was doing a lot of turning suitcases the correct way, you know, trying to help out the passengers, being a good flight attendant. And um, later on in the flight, she kept uh, just trying to adjust her bra and her uniform. Something seemed wrong. She couldn't figure out what. And she was on the cart kind of wiggling, going, what? Something. Uh." She couldn't figure out what it was, but it was was only like mildly irritating. So when she um, got to her hotel room that night, she took off her uniform dress and there was a toothbrush in her bra, in her cleavage. Someone else's used toothbrush had been in her bra the rest of the day. She figured when she was moving those suitcases, one of them must have had a zipper open and the toothbrush fell out and went down <laughs> and down her shirt and got stuck in her bra. And she was like, ah, oh, oh, gross. There's somebody's toothbrush in my bra. Blech. And then she got to thinking, you know, the person's going to get to wherever they're going and be like, where is my toothbrush? And the very last place they would ever think, you know, the very last place they would think their toothbrush was, even if they had 800 guesses, they would never guess that their toothbrush was in the flight attendant's bra. (laughs) I liked that one story so much, I had to listen to just a little bit of it again. And she said, you will take this syringe. (laughs) Take what? Syringe. Oh, syringe. And she had a bottle of vodka. She said, and you will inject (laughs) these oranges. (laughs) But I'm used to do anything to get alcohol. I have another one about India. We're going to bring in the alcohol. Inside the oranges. She's smuggling So she's, exactly. So she's sitting there (laughs) doing the second service that they're doing, injecting all these oranges with (laughs) my vodka with vodka she flies uh anyway so she's injecting all these oranges when the purser comes in the german girl she looks and she said my god they look like grapefruits now they're completely stretched because they're so full of vodka but she goes like oh wow (laughs) well that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together thanks bye She's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? Seat belts are fastened for takeoff, and the signal is strong.
Bugs, Betty and the Chicks. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heels. 